Um, it was a Shani. Very Talmud, well, not Talmud, but whatever. Um, anyways, whatever. I'm really happy that we're together in person because this is, I don't know. Zoom has been wonderful to keep us together. It's done its job, which I'm happy about. And now I'm really happy that we're off of it uh, because you can't really compare sitting around and talking. And so, anyways, I'm, I'm like, like, I have to like, you know, I got you. a really difficult time. No, I, I was going to say, and for some reason, when I did it on my phone, I couldn't actually Me too, you can't on the phone. I, I never you can't do it. Why. I know. And it's very yeah. frustrating. Yeah. I said it was uh, difficult for me and wanted to argue with you on Zoom. So I'm, I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm being serious. It's what I like, right? You, you, you joke about it, but like that's what that's what's fun. That's why this is fun. So, okay. Pesach Shani. Why is it Pesach Shani? Because it's in the Parsha. Not because it's, we are way past Pesach Shani. We already finished it. But Pesach Shani is a really actually kind of fascinating and strange Halacha. So let's take a look in the in the psukim just to see where we are, and then we'll ask questions. And I have an interesting you know approach here, which I found, which I think is cool. Fine. So they're now in the second. Sefer by Midbar starts in the second year in the Midbar. The second year. Hi guys. First time in this building. Great. Fine. So we're just starting. We're just starting. We just started. Fine, so we're talking Pesach Sheni, Pesach Sheni, we find the Torah, all Sefer by Mibar starts in the second year in the desert. Fine, the second year in the desert, Vayasu B'nei Esau is a Pesach B'mado. So what happens? The first year of Pesach took place in Egypt. In Egypt. Right. In Egypt. So this is the first time they're doing Korban Pesach, not in Egypt, they're doing it in the Midbar. It's a big discussion, did they do Korban Pesach after this? For the next 38 years, but conversation maybe, they didn't do it at all. But fine. They did it on time, the right time. The 14th day, in the evening, etc., etc., do all the rules. Fine. And what happened? In the third line, There were people who were impure. People who were, the, the, the Midrash says the reason they were Tomei was because they were the ones designated to carry the bones of Yosef. Uh, they were carrying Yosef's, uh, you know, uh, Aaron the whole way. So they were Tomei, always with different people, which maybe switch off. But this is, they had been carrying, carrying the Ansmas Yosef. So if you're carrying the Ansmas Yosef, you are Tomei. If you're carrying that body, so then you're Tomei. So they're very upset. Because one of the halachos is that if you're Tomei, you can't bring a Korban Pesach. You're out. You're not allowed it. Okay. Um, they could not do Pesach on that day. And what happens? So what could they have done? Made themselves tower yeah. and then given the Korban. They didn't have time. Late. They didn't have time. They didn't have time. They were carrying the, they were carrying Asmans Yosef right up until Pesach was about to start. Again? In in Shechem. Oh, right. In, in Eretz Yisrael. So they carry them all the way through. Again, that's the measures that says. The, the Torah doesn't say why they're Tameh. But they were Tameh. But the question is, why are they Tameh? Who, who died? And who was dying during that time? Nobody, presumably. So, so the only way, that's what Midrash points out, that must be they were carrying on supposed to Yosef. But the bottom line is, they're Tameh and they don't know to do about it. You're right, they could do paraduma, etc., and get, become Tahor, but they didn't have time for that. Because they, that take, that's a seven-day process to become Tahor. Okay, but they've known for a year that this day is coming. So, so good Kasha so so like, so in the Midrash, because... The Torah doesn't tell us why. It could be someone that died just, you know, uh, that week. I don't know, that day. And they buried them, and then that was it. I don't know. We don't, we don't really hear stories of people dying in the Midbar. Certain people were killed in the Midbar. People were natural death in the Midbar. It could be someone just died, and they buried them, and that's it. It could happen any time. Right? For any time, 
this is, look, we know from our own experiences that there are people who sit shiva, they have funerals on Erev Pesach, right? And then they don't get to sit full shiva. We have this all the time, right? So the same thing would happen to someone like that, right? Rechman Lutzlan, they lose a relative Erev Pesach, and they go, they're going to have a funeral. They're going to right? have a Chavar Kadisha. You're always going to have people who are dealing <clears throat> with these situations right up until Yantif, and then what's going to happen to them? They're not going to be able to bring Korban Pesach. But what could they have said? They could say, okay, sign out. I don't have to worry about it. I'm butter. I'm butter. I don't, have to, I don't have to do it. And that's like a very normal response. Okay, that's what Hashem says. Halacha is, if you tell me you can't bring the Korban Pesach. And so you say, okay, so I'll stay home. I won't, go to, I won't go to the Seder this year, and I'll, uh, whatever, I don't, whatever, they, whatever they would have done. But they couldn't eat Korban Pesach. It's not my fault. That's the halacha. And I'm very sorry. That's not what they did. They go to Moshe. That did it. Go to Pamehoshan Why should we feel left out? Why should we miss out? That's not fair. We, we want to be part of everybody else. Why are you leaving us out? So what does Moshe say? Moshe says, I don't know the answer to your question. I'll ask God. It's a good, like, It's like, I'll ask my Rebbe. Like, this is about my pay grade, you know, so I do that sometimes. I'm like, sorry, I gotta, call, I, gotta, I gotta call upstairs, you know? But he really calls upstairs. You know, like, okay, it's a good deal. He can call Hashem. Hashem Hashem says to him, tell the Jewish people, So first of all, Hashem adds a wrinkle. Right, you are Tame or you are far away. You can't get to, to Yerushalayim. And not just this year, but any generation. So you can't do it. So when should you do it? Not in the first month, which is Nisan, but in the Chodesh Hasheni, in the second month, meaning in ER. Right? ER, you'll bring a carbon Pesach then, a month from then. Meaning you'll have time then to get yourself together, you'll... You'll, you'll become Tahor, etc. Uh, you're going to eat it with matzah and with maror. These are all the halachos that apply to a regular korban You can't break the bones. Eat it with maror. Eat it with matzah. All the things you're supposed to do with the korban pesach, you will do with korban pesach on your dal ER. Okay. But what happens if you say, oh, I'll use the, I'm, this year I'm busy. Pesach time. You know, I'll wait till next year Pesach. Pesach. Tahor. Whether that person wasn't, was tar, they were fine. Or they weren't far away. And they, and they said, eh, I'll wait till the next one. This is the only, one of the only, uh, also. person is one of the only, usually kares is, a, is something you get for doing something, right? This is one of the only examples of a, a, a situation where you, you do not, you didn't do a positive mitzvah and you get kares. You get covers for, you know, all kinds of bad things you can do, you can get covers for. But for, for in this case, you don't bring Korban Pesach, covers. Very bad. And what is covers, just by the way? Like, what, what, what is covers? Aren't you killed? So, so, so you don't, yeah, Bezdin don't doesn't kill you. Like, so, yeah, so Bezdin doesn't kill you. It's a big discussion what covers means. It can mean you're cut off. You don't, yeah, you don't go. It's not explained to us what covers means. So either it means that you are cut off from Amisra, like, Bella Maba. 
right? You don't get a place, whatever. It might mean something, explain terrible things happen to your children, all kinds of bad stuff that can happen to a person. But it, it's t- the, the translation of means you are cut off from your nation, which is going to be important, actually, as we move forward to see what's really going on here in Korban Pesach. But it's fascinating that a, a lack of rigging the Korban Pesach, you are cut off from the rest of Kalah Yisrael. It doesn't mean no one's going to put you in the cherem. No one's going to like actually do anything practically. Kares is not carried out by Bezdin. That's carried out, carried out by the Rebun But the But the idea that, that there's the, what's the other example of a mitzvah say that if you don't do it, you get Kares? If you don't do a bris milah. So it's a good question. Who's that on? The parents. And then once the kid hits, hits 13, that he didn't do it himself, but it's it's uh, a. So, so that's so if you don't if you violate Shabbos, you get skila. You get skila. That's if a man and woman are together, right? And she doesn't go to, and she doesn't need it. You're gonna make fun. That's curse. That's a lowest essay. You're right. Correct. But isn't that on him, not on her? It's on both. The obligation is on her, but doesn't he get? Both get curse. They both they both get curse. If they're together and she hasn't gotten make, they both get curse. Again, this has been amazing to do it on purpose. They know, you know, not someone who doesn't know the halachas, that's a show gig. Which but is weird, because that's such a personal, intimate. Right, that's thing. not, not communal. To be like, cut off from your nation. It's a bizarre. A, new, a different year, maybe. Okay. That's a good point. That's a good point. But this doesn't happen on Zoom, really. Yes, this right. is what we're talking about. But wouldn't you assume then that Kharis didn't mean a physical, a physical uh, uh, cut off then? Because how would anybody know between a man and a woman? Nobody knows. That's, I'm saying, that's so a good question. It has to be a spiritual It's spiritual. Kharis is a spiritual right. thing, that's for sure. Kharis is a spiritual punishment, but it's a bad one. And it's one that we don't It's one that we don't want. We don't want it. Kharis is bad. Kharis is bad. Yeah, so that, right, so those are, but, that, but those are low self sites. Those are things that you do the wrong thing, you get Kharis. This is, I just didn't do what Hashem asked me. I didn't, you have a bris milah, I didn't do a But by the way, and just by the way, it's interesting also, yeah. who can't eat a, 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 a man who can't eat a Korban Pesach, even if they're Tahor, a man doesn't have a bris milah, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all, they're all connected here. Right? These are, these are the two Yisurim, the two mitzvahs. If you don't do them, you don't get, you don't, uh, you get kares. If you don't do one, you can't do the, right? Well, what Jewish man isn't circumcised? There are a lot of Jewish men who are not circumcised. How many people aren't? They don't know. Right. But in the old days, they didn't. It was now it's become like seen as like a medical, you know, medically a good thing to do. But lots of Jewish men who are not, who aren't, who are They don't know. Maybe they feel traditional, so they even observe a Passover Seder-like meal. Right. They don't. There's no thinking back then because we don't have carbon. Right. Korban Pesach, Pesach today, Pesach, correct. Right. I meant like back then, who with B'nai Shrel wasn't... No, they didn't. For the, they, in those days, everybody was, you were part of the religious right. community. Until the 1600s, 1700s, right. everyone was, you were some type of religion, what right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, correct. But and nevertheless, that is the punishment for a person oh. not bringing Korban Pesach. They get karis. Fine. And the, and the reason it's brought up here is because somebody <laughs> say, oh, I'll just do the makeup one. And so that doesn't work for you. And if you decide that we're going to actually, we'll, we'll see actually if you go forward. If you decide just, uh, and I'll just wait. I mean, it's not, it, an it option. Not, I mean, it's I, right. it's not It's option. not option. But what's fascinating, well, there's a lot of, so fine. So now uh, let's talk some questions. Okay. What do you got? Pesach Shani. Yeah. I have one. If the people hadn't come to Moshe and said, hey, we, we can't do it, what should we do? Would this have even happened? Right. This is a mitzvah. Moshe teaches all the mitzvahs to Kalah Yisrael. All of them. This one he never taught. And they said, whoa, 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 what about us? Oh, good point. Oh, 
you guys are so smart. Good idea. Here's the halacha. Like, what, what was going to happen before that? Right? What, what, why, why, did, why is Hashem... I presume the answer is he would have taught it. I presume. Right? He would have taught it anyways. Right? But he didn't. He waited. He waited for them to come up and say, Lama Nigara. Right? Interesting. Another example of a mitzvah like that? One other one. It <laughs> has to do with women. And it has to do with Eretz Yisrael. And the daughters of a certain person. Oh, right. Oh, within, 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 the Beno Slavchad say the exact same language, right? The daughters with Slavchad, when they sep- when they split up so the Nachalos, the different areas in Eretz Yisrael for every person, it goes by the men in the who were alive at the time of the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. That's how it was split up. So every Sheva got a certain amount, depending on the families of, you know, within your tribe. So Slavchad dies, um, and, and he dies early. He dies in the Midbar. Some say that Slavcha was the Makoshish Eitzim. He was the person who was picking up the sticks and he finally had Shabbos and he got killed. But the bottom line is that Slavcha dies and he dies with no sons. He only has daughters. And the daughters say, if you don't give us his Nachala, so then he'll never, his family will never ever have any stake in Eretz Yisrael. And just because he died, it's not his fault. Well, it's not. I mean, it was his fault, but whatever. But it's a whole different story about Makoshish. Did he do it on purpose? Whatever. But the bottom line is, um, they say the same language. Lama nigara. Why should our family lose out? We don't have a place in Eretz Yisrael. It's all connected. By the way, the story of Rus is the same thing. I was just going to say, why did Rus and, and, and So Rus and Naomi. Nothing. Naomi is all about getting Rus to marry right. Boaz so because because family. your land, right. your land in Eretz Yisrael is a is your connection, your connection to Hashem. There's a very much, Rav Cook writes about this a lot, that the, land, the Nachla wasn't just like a financial, economic thing to have in there. Your land in there itself is like, is a, right, it's like a chilek of your connection to the Bonesham. We're going to see more as we move along. But, um, but yes, but to get back to Bina's question, question number one, why did Hashem wait? Or what was Hashem waiting for? Right? Um, that, that he waits for, the, for them to ask. Good. Any other questions about Pesach Shani? You can ask a thousand, but... <laughs> <laughs> One more, or two more, or three more. I wrote down a few, but... What's unique about this mitzvah, about this concept? Pesach Shani. Well, that I, there's I, a redo, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, my question would be, are there other things that you can't do, other mitzvahs that somebody can't do, um, that there is this, not, mm-hmm. not this rule for? Like, right. Why is there, is yeah, like three? every other mitzvah so in the whole Torah. Right, right. Sukkot... You know, yeah. I'm you miss it. You were sick. A person was sick. A person is not feeling well. A person is sick. A person has a whatever. They, they can't send the sukkah. Okay. So we said, uh, rains the whole sukkah. You can sit one time in the sukkah, unless you're Chabad, when you do it anyways. But you don't sit in the sukkah. Redo sukkah in Cheshvan. We don't do that. I missed shofar. So I'll do blow shofar. You know, what are you talking about? There's no such concept. We have one place we have the similar, but it's not, it's Tashlum by, by Tefillah. A person didn't daven shachris, you can daven two minchas. Like if you if you miss davening, you can make up you can make up a davening. But that that's derabanan, and that's not you know. And we, we have some examples. There's another example is by by. But if you don't do yeah, but tashlum is a minuk. Right. Correct. Or, or, a certain amount of time. Uh, 
Right. We have a Tashlumen also by Korbanos. That the one, is, there are other Korbanos, actually, where you do have this, like, if you didn't get to bring your Korban for a certain Yontif, you can bring it again. But, like, not, not in this elaborate way like Pesach Sheni. And certainly not played out in this dramatic way. Fine. So why Pesach Sheni specifically gets this, uh, gets this rule? Fine. I'll, I'll throw out one more. Um, what if a person finds himself with some other reason they can't bring Korban Pesach? They weren't like too far away. They weren't uh, Tameh. They, uh, had a, they were set the flu. They had, they had, I'm not going to say the word. I'm not going to say it. We don't say the, the illness that we don't speak of, that we don't speak of anymore. Um, or they had, some, right, they were sick. They had a relative who was sick. They had to take care of them. They had, whatever. There's a hundred reasons why a person can, Are why, you allowed to get up from Shiva to go give um, Korn Pesach? Or, yeah. Seem, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it might be tummy. <laughs> right, but yeah. Right, yeah. But yeah. Um, but I mean, not necessarily. A person could be saying Shiva never attended the funeral and they're not right. tummy. But a person went to, the, went to the cemetery and they would be tummy and they would be out. But there were plenty of people who would fall into this category. This is not like so unique. It's very, very possible that I, I don't know historically how it played out, but there must have been. Right? There's just so many people who would fall into this category. Um, so says, um, Nefesh Adam. Right. But going forward, was it also any kind of tama or only tama? I think only tama lemes. Only tama lemes. But yeah, but but uh, well, all the other tumas, if it's not tama lemes, you can you, you can get out pretty quick. Faster, you can go to right. mikvah and, and you just wait a day and right. you're good. So most people would be okay by that. Right. It's not the same um, thing. But I remember Eli Beer when Eli Hatzala. I mean, of um, um, in Israel, I remember he. I remember reading well, Mishpacha magazine um, <laughs> that he right. that he missed Pesach. He was because he was in a coma. In the coma, and he said yes. he made Pesach Shani with his family. Oh. And had a whole right. seder of Esau Shini to be right. with his family, which was right. 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 Right fall into this category. Yeah. Okay? Ah, it's a whole <laughs> very long conversation. To Israel, so it's like a long conversation. The end of the line. So well, the Gemara, that's what I'm wondering. It's so like the, five days. So the Gemara has a long conversation about what's considered there. It's a mechaloka. Some say, as long as you're just outside the Azar, you didn't get in, <laughs> which is a hard argument, right? But you just, you just were too far out. You didn't, get, you didn't get there in time. Others say, no, you were like, mina modi'in and further back. So if you know where Modin is, right, like near Shalavim, actually. Like if you're, if you're from Modin, already Arab Pesach, so you're already, we're too far away. You couldn't get there. Fine. But, but let's take a look. Misha Hayat Tameh over there. Someone was Tameh and we're too far away. Velo Asasar Rishon. They didn't do Pesach the first one. Yase Asasheni. So the mission says, do a second one, as we know. Shagag Onenas. Velo Asasar Rishon. Let's say they made a mistake. They mixed up the dates. Oh my gosh, Pesach is today. And that's too far, right? You can't just, in those days, you couldn't just get on a plane and fly to Yushalayim. It wasn't going to work. You can't get on a plane and fly to Yushalayim today either, sorry. But you know what I'm saying. What? Nanas is ones, something that you couldn't control. It's out of your control. Okay? And you didn't do, you got a flat tire. I don't know, you're on your way. You're on your way, and you got in a car accident, and then you had to wait for the police. Until you got there, it was too late. Fine. Um, There's huge traffic to Yushalayim that day. And so you, could, you had to pull over and stay in a hotel because you weren't going to be able to get to Yushalayim on time. Whatever. So what should they do? Yasei Sasheni. So first of all, we gave examples already of Tamei or Derech Rechelka. We already did your Tamei or you're too far away. Now we have different examples. Someone who has some other reason. They were shogeg, they made a mistake, they messed it up. 
or again something out of their control. Also, says says the Mishnah, you can bring korban pesach sheni. So, but wait a second. I thought the Torah said only or if you're tam or dayach or So the Mishnah has now expanded it to all kinds of ones. Anytime it's not out of out of your ones, you can always remember. Well, maybe you're not. You can remember what ones is in Hebrew because it's the opposite of what the ones the ones means in English. Ones in English means it's it's on you, right? You messed up. Ones in Hebrew is the opposite. It means it's out of your control. Right, so if you wanna. Um, in Cain, if that's true, Lama Nemar or That's the mission. If that's true, so what did you give these examples for? Right, if there's no difference, just say someone who's honest. It's not their fault. So what's the answer? She elu Because these people get pekares and these people don't get kares. What does that mean? What does that mean? Who? Who? Well, I don't understand. What are you talking about? So the Rambam in source number three, the Rambam explains. So he explains the difference. So he goes through this whole halacha. But look just where it's bolded in the second bottom line. Bottom lines. So the Rambam says like this. The following is the halacha according to the Rambam. It sounds counterintuitive. That's what he says. If, what, why does the Torah give us two examples? The Tameh or far away or the other type of not my fault? Because the person who was not my fault, they didn't do the first time. That's not their problem. That's not their fault. But if they now miss Pesach Sheini, they still get kares. Okay? Because you, didn't, you had a chance to make it up, you didn't do it. Someone who is Derech Rechoka or Tameh, and then they don't do Pesach Sheini, they don't get kares, even if they miss the second one. Because it wasn't their fault they missed the first one. It, it, no, both of them... Because their pots were indefinitely... Oh, so let's see. Meaning, so the, but this is confusing. It's a little, a little bizarre. Okay, I know it's a little, this is like a little... Right? We're learning, now we're learning Mishnah as well. Right? So what's going on here? All of these individuals, they all, it's not their fault. It's all not their fault. And they all made a mistake or they, no one did it on purpose and, and it's totally out of the control. But if you were Tameh or far away, and they all have a second chance, right? But if you were originally Tameh and far away and then you don't get the second chance, you still don't get coverage. But if you had a flat tire or uh, whatever, you're sick, whatever it was, and then you don't follow through, you get courage because you didn't follow through. Yes, but the first people, it wasn't their, because they're following Hashem's, they're doing the mitzvos, and that makes them something that made them. But if you're Derek Rechokah, you're not following the mitzvah. You're just following, it's just the fact that it says it in the Torah. Those two examples, right? Mm-hmm. The only difference you can find so far is that it's just, the first two it says it in the Torah, the other one doesn't say it in the Torah. So what's the difference, right? It's very bizarre. So I'm going to show you an answer that I saw from Rabbi Golden. Rabbi Golden and his sage from the Parsha has a very, very interesting answer. And, and, the Ram, and by the way, source number four, the Ravid, the Ravid in source number four, argues, asks this exact question on the Rambam. He says, what are you talking about? How can that be? He says, So says the word, The same exact thing. He says, the Ravid says, why would you make this distinction? Doesn't make it, doesn't, he doesn't understand. The, where does Rambam get this idea from? He gets it from that Mishnah. And these ones get courage, and these ones don't get courage. That's the Rambam explains it. But the Ravid says, why? Doesn't make any sense. So to answer the question, or a, po- a possible answer, take a look at source number five. Source number five is Gemara in Nevamos, which tells a very interesting halacha, which applies to someone who's interested in becoming Jewish, someone who's not Jewish and wants to be Megayar, they want to convert to become Jewish. So the halacha is as follows. If you wanted to get someone, so what's the halacha when someone comes the first time 
And it's interested in converting. So what do we say to them? No. You discourage them and... You don't really want this. I promise you it's not that good. This is so hard. You do not want to be a Jew. This is like bad news. And then they come back and say, no, 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 I really want to. I'm telling you, you don't want it. And they come back over and over again. Fine. So um, the Gemara says like this. Even more than that. But, but once you accept them, what, what, do, you, what do you do once you, once you say, you know what, you, want, you really want this? So what, then what do you start doing with them? Educating them. Yeah, teaching them Torah mitzvahs. So the Gemara says, not so fast. You do teach them Torah mitzvahs, but you do something first. One more thing. Ger comes to convert. These days, what do we, what do we say to them? Why are you coming to become Jewish? Devuyim, techufim, sechufim. I could give you translations of each one of these words. It means that being a Jew is like bad news. Everyone pushes us down. They beat us up. They want to kill us. They lie about us in the media. They do what? Everything. Just go on. Go on Twitter. Go on Twitter right now. You want to be a Jew? This is like, come on. It's bad news to be a Jew. You don't want to be a Jew. It's so hard to be. Ugh. You don't want to be part of this group, right? You want to be part of this nation that everybody hates and they run us out of town and that's what you want to be. That's not mitzvahs. Right? That's teaching them what it means to be part of this nation. Right? Im Omer ani ve'eni kedai. Person says, no, I, I know. And I'm not even worthy to be part of this amazing group. So we accept them. Yeah. And then once we accept them, modien also mixas mitzvahs kalos, mixas mitzvahs. Then we teach them some mitzvahs. Some of them. Not even all of them. A lot of, we teach a lot of them and at some point they'll learn all of them. Okay? That's the Gemara says. Why do we do that? Why is it so important to teach this person how horrible it is to be Jewish? Right? That obviously doesn't mean that, but it does mean that. How hard it is to be part of the Jewish nation. Why is that something? Why is that so important to teach a person who's coming to, to become a gear? What would you say? They need to really want it. Like they need to know that all those struggles they'll go through and not just glorify it like it's going to be amazing right it's not going to be like La La Land it's not going to be so great right so, you have to, so A it's a reality check it's a reality check we want the person to understand the real life of a Jew which isn't so easy it's meaningful <laughs> meaningful doesn't mean easy right it's meaningful um, but, it's, but it's not so easy always right um, but even more than that Rabbi Salvatore talks about this the, the person needs to feel what it means to be part of the nation right it's not just about keeping the mitzvot Judaism does not just mean I keep mitzvot. It means I feel connected to Am Yisrael. I know what it means to be part of a nation known as Am Yisrael. Take a look at Rabbi Golden writes in source number six. He says, what is, what is, however, is the basis of this rabbinic position? How, where did Chazal get the idea that um, we should make this person, right, who, who comes to convert, right, that we should teach them, talk to them about how bad it is, to be Jew. Where does that come from? The answer, it would seem, is powerfully simple. The rabbis believe that the initial journey of an individual who wishes to join the Jewish nation must mirror the initial journey of the nation itself. As we've noted before, the birth of the Jewish nation unfolds in two formative stages, the Exodus and Revelation, right? Tzias Mitzrayim and Har Sinai. Before our ancestors could arrive at Sinai, they had to be willing to leave Egypt, to throw their lot in with a fledgling people traveling towards an unknown future, under the guidance of a relative stranger. Only those willing to take a chance on the Jewish people are privileged to stand in God's presence at Sinai when the Jewish nation is born. That's why we first tell them about how hard it is to be a Jew, and then we teach them mitzvahs. 
right? A potential convert to Judaism apparently must undergo the two-step transformative process that defined the birth of the nation he wishes to join. The rituals of the conversion process itself are derived from the experience of the Israelites immediate, immediately prior to and during the revelation inside. And we actually learn the halachos of how you become a ger. All of the halachos of, of gerus come from the experience of our Sinai. So there's like, they had to have bris milah, they had to, have go, they had to go to the mikvah before, they had, like, they, all these things that, that go on, that they have to bring a korban uh, officially, if you don't do that now, but they will do it in time of, of the base of Mikdash. Right? And so we, all that's learned from the Sinaitic experience is the experience of becoming a gear. The first step towards those rituals, however, like the first step of our national journey, is rooted in the Exodus. So first you have to experience leaving Egypt. Before a potential convert can arrive at Sinai, before he can begin to encounter God's law, he must first leave Egypt. He must consciously separate himself from the world he has known and affiliate with the Jewish nation. This act of affiliation, mirroring the Israelites' exodus experience, launches his journey towards Judaism. So at this, just at this point, I'm going to see a couple of, of, of details that sort of fortify this point and will answer some of our questions we asked until now. But Rabbi Golden wants to argue, at least at this point, that the, the experience of, um, of the gear, right, is that sense of, I'm walking away from the rest of the world. I'm walking into the desert. We're going to be by ourselves. There's nobody who cares about us. No one's going to take it. Just Kalash Baruch Hu, obviously, he cares about us. But I'm saying there's, there's no one's going to fight for us, right? We have to, this is very relevant now that's what's going on in the world right now. We fight for ourselves, right? Unfortunately. Um, and, the, and the Ger has to feel that sense of kind of loneliness that the Jew feels, that the nation of Amishel feels kind of on our own, okay? Um, what in, in the world does this have to do with Pesel Shani? Let's do Pesel Shani, okay? So let's, let's see. Take a look now. I, I wrote for you the second piece here, right? So let's just keep reading for him, in him a second here. Our above outline discussion concerning the origins of Pesach Sheni, however, provides an approach towards the Rambam's halakhic formulation based on the following assumptions. So let's go back to our question now about the Rambam. What did the Rambam say? The person who was far away and the person who, right, had no, you know, was, was Tomei, they never get karis, even if they don't follow through. Person who has some type of other onus, so they just out of their shield. So they, if they don't do it, they get caries. Okay, why? What's going on? The first group maybe are gay ram who didn't get immersed in the mikvah, so they're not done with their conversion process, so they had no real opportunity to observe Pesach. But the second group were Jewish lecharchila, and it's uh, so. Different punishments. So you're on the way here. Group. Yeah, you're on the way to this. Okay. So take a look. Look what he's going to say. The obligation to participate in the Koran Pesach derives from the root concept of affiliation in the community. All individuals <laughs> affiliated with the Jewish community at the time of the Pesach sacrifice automatically become fully obligated in sharing the ritual. If I'm part of the community, I got to bring you home Pesach, right? An individual who at the time of the first Koran Pesach is fully affiliated with the community, but for tangential regions cannot participate at its appointed time, someone who's sick, Nonetheless, remains obligated in the ritual. The obligation derives from his connection to the community on Pesach itself. For such an individual, participation in Pesach Sheni becomes a full obligation, providing a second chance to fulfill a responsibility already incurred at the time of the first Korban. I mean, that, that, this person who just, you know, had a flat tire, the person who was sick, whatever, they're, they're part of Kalah Yisrael, right? They're part of the group, and they're supposed to fulfill it. They just got stuck, so they couldn't, so, but they had a requirement at the time of Korban Pesach like everybody else. So they have to follow through with that Corbin. If not, they get Kares because you can only get Kares if what? You're in already, right? If you're part of the group, then Kares saves you're out. 
So we want to be, that person's already in. So if they don't follow through, what are you doing? You're part of the group already. Okay. Keep going. In response to the objections of the group that approaches Moshe, however, God defines two categories of individuals who are essentially excluded from the participation in the Korban Pesach. Their exclusion is not tangential, but rises out of a fundamental separation from the community at the time of Pesach. These individuals, the ritually impure, who are spiritually separate and the distant, who are geographically detached, never became obligated in the Pesach sacrifice in the first place, and are thus completely exempt from the potential punishment regarding the Korban. Again, they're Jews like everybody else. But this is, he's talking more like in a, you know, in like a symbolic way. Someone who's Tomei is like separated from Am Yisrael, someone who's Derech Rechelka, they, they, they weren't part of the group. So if you, you weren't part of the group originally, okay, so you weren't part of the group. If you want to jump in and you want to have an opportunity, great, you're, you're offered that chance. But you're going to get punished if you don't? No. Why not? Because you weren't really part of the group when it started. Right? So you're not going to get that same level of punishment. But it, that's almost sad because like, we wanted to really have it. Okay? So what happens? Pesach Sheni emerges for these individuals as a unique halacha construct, an obligatory opportunity. They have a chance if they want to. They're expected to do it, but the punishment's not the same if they don't. As a result of the historic request outlined in the text, the law affords individuals who legitimately find themselves separated from the community on Pesach with the opportunity to affiliate at a later date. Once offered, this opportunity becomes obligatory as the Torah enjoins these individuals to take advantage of the second chance for affiliation that Pesach Sheni represents. There is, however, no punishment for failure. The exemption from punishment reflects the fact that Pesach Sheni initially originates as an opportunity rather than an obligation on the individual. So it sounds a little bit almost like negative, like they're being held back because they're not really included, right? But let's, but let's see how this plays out a little bit further, Okay. But the point at this point that he's making, which I think is very fast, very novel to me, but I think it's interesting, is that what's really going on here? What is Korban Pesach? Korban Pesach is not just a Korban. Korban Pesach was the Korban that, through which we became Am Yisrael. There's actually a question in the Gemara whether a person who converts has to immediately bring Korban Pesach. If it's December. Why? Because that's what being a Jew is all about. It's about including yourself in this group, right? So, so the idea, so first of all, that also explains our first question. Why, why specifically Korban Pesach have this special thing of Pesach Sheni? Or why, why would someone specifically not want to miss out on, on Pesach? Because Pesach is the beginning. That's how we become Jews, right? So to miss out on Pesach is like, what? I can't miss out on Pesach. It's true even today, right? Missing out, you miss out on Shavuot. So like, okay, it's like... Right? It's bad. But I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? It's not the same thing. As some would say, I will. Eli Beer had made a second. He wouldn't make a Shavuot Shani. Right? right? Wouldn't, you wouldn't. Because like, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like that. Pesach is so fundamental to who we are as a people that by missing out, it's like. And, and to the point, right, that this individual, right, who's going to become a Jew, is told, you first have to feel a part of this group in that way. Right? But there's, there's more to it also. What would happen? What happens? If a person becomes a Jew in between Pesach Rishon and Pesach Sheni. Or what about a child who becomes Bar Bat Mitzvah at the end of Nisan? In times of Beis Hamidash. Do they have to bring, a, do they have to bring Pesach Sheni? I would assume no. Right. I would say for a child or parent would have brought it for them. Okay. So, oh, so, I, was, I mean, 
Why do you say that? I would say what would you say? they do need to bring it, but if they don't, they don't. But they didn't power. miss it. Right. But they never missed it. Yes. They weren't obligated Correct. at the time. Right. So Correct. Correct. Miss. But now that they are obligated. But they missed it already. They weren't obligated at the time. So they weren't obligated at the time. They never missed it. So they're not obligated to do Pesach. So it's actually a machlokas. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys are right. We are. We're having a machlokas. So it's actually a machlokas. Okay? The Gemara in Pesach, we don't have to look at it right now. Centuries passed. But it goes exactly that question. We recreated it. And the machlokas is, do you say, well, I never had an obligation, right. so I don't have to f- fulfill? Or do you say, no, but, but now, now I'm in. Now now obligation has shown up. Yeah. So it's a machlokas, actually. We don't know what to do. But, and typically we assume children, for the most part, they were part of the Chabura, part of their parents' group, so they probably did Korban Pesach on the first time anyways. Well, same thing with the but, gear, though. I would, I, would, I would argue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you didn't have the obligation at the time, then you have no... No obligation now, because you didn't miss anything. Exactly, exactly. So, so the Rambam says that they have to. The Rambam says actually that they have to. Okay. He says both groups have to. But, um, but fine. But what, but what's with this, but, but what about, but, but, and by the way, that doesn't like prove our point either way, but it's just an interesting, again, an interesting point that the Ram thinks you do have to, because again, you, you, you got to get in, you got to get in, right? You've had the opportunity, grab it, grab that opportunity. Okay, fine. Um, but again, like, but, 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 but again, why the interest? Why the waiting for us? Right? Why waiting for us to say? So there's a beautiful Sifre. The Sifre writes, source number nine, and Rashi quotes this. Moshe was supposed to teach this halacha. When we have somebody who is worthy, we allow good things to come through their hands. Hashem sets it up. A person doing the right stuff, good things will fl- follow from them. Meaning, a person who was in, who, was, who Hashem would have taught that halacha anyways. But these people had this interest, so Hashem allowed them to be the, the vehicle for this halacha. Okay, and the same thing, like we said, source number 10, happens with the no Slavchad. And not only, they, not only did they come through, but they say the exact language. Lama nigara, why should we be left out? And the Gemara Sanhedrin in source number 11 quotes the same exact point. That no Slavchad also, the halacha about Nachalos, what happens if the father dies and his only daughters, all that plays out would have happened through Moshe Rabbeinu. But again, because they said Lama nigara, they are given that opportunity for it to come through them. Fine. What's interesting about those two examples, though, which I think is so cool. What are the two, th- two things we're talking about? First of all, Pesach Sheini, according to Rabbi Golden, at least at this point, is really, what, why of all mitzvot, is this the one that has the opportunity to do a second time? Because this is fundamentally who we are, who are Jews, being part of Am Yisrael, right? And you want to you connect, you have that interest in being connected to Lam and Nigara, it's specifically by being connected to Am Yisrael. What's the example from Rosh Slavchad? What are they interested in? Eretz Yisrael. So it's Am Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael. It's people who want to be connected to the nation and connected to the land. And in both of these examples, someone says, Lam and Hashem says, I cannot hold back from you. If you want, if you're interested in being part of Am Yisrael, you're interested in being part of the land of Israel, you're going to have a chance. If you're interested, I give you the opportunity. What I thought was really nice is that I saw the one last idea. And this is from Rav Mordechai Druk in source number 12. He points out this actually is connected to the beginning of the parsha too. At the beginning of the parsha, Aaron, right? What, why parsha Baloscha is called Baloscha because it's about Aaron's. He's commanded to light the menorah in the in the base hamidrash, right? And why is the parsha of Nisim last week's parsha ends? We read over and over and over and over all the different Nisim who uh, the twelve different Nisim who offered the same korban essentially, but they we read each and every one of them, right? And then the very next thing. And Aaron, Aaron, you're going you're to light the menorah. 
menorah, that was like, that's so shmos, safer shmos, right? Like, we're done with the menorah. We're talking about menorah. So Rashi quotes a marriage that says that Aaron felt upset. Why do you feel upset? Everyone else is like, bringing korbanos. Right. What about me? And Hashem says, Aaron, don't worry. What you have is even greater. You're going to light the menorah. <coughs> so the Ramban says, I don't understand. The, Aaron brought korbanos during, during the whole process of the Chanukah and Mizbeach. He, he did bring korbanos. He, he, he's more involved than anybody. He's the, he's the Kohen Gadol. Like, what, what, what's, what's, so, what's going on over here? So the Ramban says, because Aaron is from the same camp of Lama Nigara. I want to miss out. I don't, I don't want to, when Aaron says, what about me? It's not a gaiva. It's not a, I, I, want, I want people to look at me. It's no, if they, everyone's growing. Everyone's having a growth experience. I want to be part of that experience. And how can I miss out on that experience? And he says, so interestingly, he says, um, he quotes from Rechaskel Levenstein, who basically says that people who are mivakshe shleimbos, people who want to see, they want to be, perfect themselves, are always looking for more. They're never happy to say, oh, I'm, I'm off. I'm off from this one. I don't need it, right? What could they have said? You're Tameh. Great. I don't have to kill him for Pesach. I'm good. I'm good. Leave me alone. I'll take a, I'll, I'll take a break. The answer is, no. I, how can I take a break? I, I want more. <coughs> I want more. It's, it's, a different, it's a different approach to life. And I want more. I want more. I want more. So he talks about Avram Avinu is like that. But the bottom line is... change because every story has always been Israel coming and whining and complaining about something and demanding something. So I feel like Lama Negara is like a positive Positive. I want. I want. I was just thinking of coming to Moshe and asking for, you know, for more food or this or the man or the... Like, everything was a complaint, basically. This is a positive... And even, in the situation that the Rambam argues, that if they didn't... And even if they don't follow through, they don't even get cars. Right? They don't get cars, those people. But, But they... But they want it. But they want it. And that the message of, the, of Pesach Sheini is not just second chances like, don't worry, if you mess it up, you can, make, you, you can do better. No, it's that there's always... Oper- Sometimes we feel like we lose out. It's not our fault. There are circumstances in our lives. There are things we've been through. There are th- things we've been through, right? Which make, a, help us, make us fall backwards. And we're like, it's not fair. And the answer is, okay, so then go find more. Like, you, you're never lost. You always have the opportunity to find more. But Golden ends his whole piece by, by, by writing, when you view mitzvahs as an opportunity and not as an obligation, you're worthy of a portion of the Torah being inscribed in your name. Right? You have a person that sees mitzvahs as, if only I could grab another one. Right? That's the model that we're looking for. That's the Benoslavchad. That's the people who are anonymous. These anonymous people who are, who are Tameh, who said, I'm going to lose out and I can't believe it. They didn't say, great, I have a break now. They said, I, it's not okay with us. I want more. And there's a beautiful message, I think, in that, in that you know, interest in, in, in going and seeing and, and searching more, even when you don't have to. And that itself, I think, is probably, you know, to me, the ultimate message of uh, Pesach. Thank you. Okay. Thank you.